Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. It's the Growing in Grace podcast. I'm Joel along with Mike and we've got some more talk about the, uh, well, the reason why Jesus taught two covenants. A lot of people uh, read the red words, the red letters in the scriptures in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, we try to figure out how to apply all of it to our lives in Christ. I know that makes sense. That makes sense to a lot of people. Jesus said it. And so Jesus is the Messiah. He's our Savior. And so whatever Jesus said, that's what we're supposed to follow. I, I know it makes perfect sense if you look at it in, in a certain light. But uh, what we've been talking about is the understanding that Jesus taught two different covenants. In the Bible, there are, there are several covenants, but there are two main ones. There's what we know as the Old Covenant, and then uh, there's the New Covenant. The Old Covenant came to an end. But while Jesus was ministering here on the earth, when he was walking around the earth teaching people, he was born as a Jew, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. That's what Galatians says about Jesus. And so he came ministering the old covenant to those who were still un- under it. The old covenant had a purpose. It was to point to the new covenant. And then once a person is out from under the old They're in the new, the old is gone, the new has come. It's a brand new life that has nothing to do with the old covenant. So we've been talking a lot about that. Jesus had many harsh words because the old covenant, the law, was the ministry of death and condemnation and guilt and bondage. That's what came through the old covenant. But Jesus also had some other words to say. We talked last week about how Jesus wasn't schizophrenic and contradictory. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes he said some harsh things, and sometimes he said things like, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Those things aren't contradictory. They're just talking about two different things. And so that's where we're at this week, uh, continuing perhaps uh, to talk about the rest that we have in Jesus, and how's Mr. Kapler doing this time around? The rest of the story. Remember Paul Harvey? <laughs> yeah, this is Paul Harvey. Radio guy. Good day. Uh, yes. So, so we'll talk about rest. And just while you were talking, Joel, Page I didn't hear three? a word you said, um, because... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> no, I heard, I heard most of what you said. No, that's too but bad. My mind starts wandering. Ah. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I, all these things start coming to me. So l- let me go with it here because I know we just spent uh, a few minutes uh, going over some things we want to talk about. But one thing that we talked about several weeks ago, maybe more than that, during this long series we're doing on why Jesus taught two covenants. One thing we pointed out, you and you brought it out real great. I re- I remember it during that podcast is that, that Jesus said, "I I came." I'm paraphrasing here, but basically he said, I, I didn't come to, to minister to others. I came to minister to Israel only. Mm-hmm. This message is for Israel first and foremost, and not for others. That was the ministry of Jesus in a nutshell. And so we we read that, we register it to a point, we Christians, and we say, okay, uh, I get that. But we, we still see this as a, a new covenant book 
books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because there there's red letters in there, and you know Jesus, Son of God, was born, and, and, and all of that. So now we we get, I think, the concept we develop, Joel, as Christians. At least I, I think this is how I used to think: is that we we know Jesus. Okay, so he came to minister to Israel, but after he died, we were allowed to believe in Jesus too. We non-Jewish people, we Gentiles, and so we were invited in and became like engrafted Jews, right? And now everything that Jesus ministered applies to us. Back then it applied to Jewish people, but now it also applies to us. Don't don't you think that's what a lot of people kind of get mm-hmm. into that frame of mind? Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. I think that's we have this understanding. I think there are a lot of people who don't know a whole lot. They hear the word gentile and they they don't really know what that means. You hear the word gentile and you think, well, as a Christian, I'm a Christian, and then everybody else in the world are Gentile pagan sinners, and we've got that messed up in the church. And so we also have this thing not understood in the church about Jesus and his ministry to the Jews, like you're talking about. And so I think there is a lot of ignorance. That's really the point I'm making about my former ignorance about certain things, is that I think there is a big ignorance in the church about Jesus and his ministry. I think, like you said, it, we, we kind of read that Jesus said, I came not, I came only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We, we Okay, we know he said that, but we don't really know what he meant by that. And so we just kind of skip over it. And uh, But then this is what you and I have come to over the last few years. We've come to this understanding that, wow, Jesus meant something by that. He meant, I came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then we find out through Paul's letters that uh, all, you know, the oracles of God, uh, the covenants, the promises were all for Israel. But then God made it all available to Gentiles as well, to non-Jews. And so then we can go back and read the words of Jesus and say, wow, Jesus was ministering law to those who were under the law because that was, he was ministering to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then we can... uh, put pieces together and realize that, okay, there was an old covenant. It had its purpose, like I was saying at the beginning of the program, and and its purpose was to point to something brand new that had nothing to do with our works. It had nothing to do with our abilities. And so we can add all this together and realize that the old covenant had a purpose, and man, it was a good purpose. God had a reason for giving that old covenant. But now that we're in the new, that all all that old has to go. It has to be gone. I'm, I might be going a totally different direction from where you were heading, but that's kind of, you know, it's like you were talking about how thoughts go around your head. They go around my head, too. <laughs> and that's that's where I went with this. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, no, I know. I think we're on the same path. I think people just have it in their mind that, okay, it was for Israel, but now we've been invited in, and now those teachings of Jesus are a blessing to be applied to us. No, not the old covenant stuff that Jesus was ministering to Israel. Um, it, it wasn't. It was only meant for the house of Israel and 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 the in the lost sheep. And and so it wasn't for us. We would be invited into a new and different covenant. So, like for example, in in, in the eleventh chapter of Romans, sometimes I think people take that out of context mm-hmm. because they they read into it that we Gentiles, non-Jewish people, were grafted into Israel. I think it's misleading when people say that. Because in the second chapter of Ephesians, it clearly shows that both Jew and Gentile were grafted or brought into Christ so that 
God would be able to make the two, Jew and Gentile, into one new man and reconcile them in one body. Uh, which body are we talking about? The body of Jesus Christ, who fulfilled the law at, through the cross. He put to death the enmity, that, which kept us Gentiles alienated, excluded, and without a covenant. So this is part of that mystery of the new and better covenant that we've all been invited into. And they're really, spiritually speaking, there is no longer Jew or Gentile in Christ. So again, I think there's some, some of this confusion going on out there that we were somehow adapted into uh, that ministry that Jesus was uh, giving to Israel, showing them their inability to keep the law. So he, pr- he was about to provide all people with something new and better. Last week, we talked about how Israel was rejecting the Messiah, rejecting the invitation, and that Jesus was going to open up a whole new door and send out invitations to all. If they had understood what he was saying, Joel, I told you, they, they probably, if they had the opportunity, they probably would have pushed him off a cliff right then and there mm. to invite all people, ungodly heathens like us Gentiles. Uh, it was just a, would have been unheard of. And it was even a, a wrestling match for many of the Christian Jewish people, as we see in the book of Acts. And, and by the way, uh, Luke 13 and 14, when Jesus was talking about Israel rejecting the invitation and, and Jesus inviting all others into the, uh, the dinner table. If you keep reading, in context, he, he lays on some more parables, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the prodigal son parable, the lost son, the younger son being the Gentile, the older being the Jewish son. What happened? What happened here? I mean, here's the oldest son, the Jew, out in the fields working, being a servant, doing everything God commanded, right? Everything the Father commanded. And now the younger Gentile son comes in, uh, who wasn't even pursuing righteousness, and God told him, come on in and take a load off. Sit down. We're going to have a party here. And it just threw the Jewish son into, and I know some people are, this is all news to some people listening, Joel, but this is, this is what the parable is talking about. And, and so, you know, when the, the older son says, wait a minute, I've been here serving you, and, and, and he hasn't done anything. He hasn't even been part of the household, and you're just inviting him in for free? I mean, without, he was just, he was dumbfounded. And, and so we see these hints that aren't always picked up on when Jesus would begin to open up the door to a, a new and a, a better covenant. Yes, exactly right. Uh, that was what Jesus was really pointing to. And as we wrap up here, you know, we were talking last week about th- those people who refused uh, to enter into who God would not allow to enter into his rest, these people who would, these Jewish people who would not accept the invitation, why would they, would they not enter? Uh, because they did not obey. Well, what was it that they did not obey? They did not obey the gospel, the good news, Hebrews three sixteen. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Therefore, in chapter 4, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Now, he's talking in, in this book of Hebrews. It's it written by a Jew to Jews. Again, this book of Hebrews. And he's talking to his fellow Hebrews about having come short of God's rest. How do you come short of God's rest? You, you come short of God's rest through unbelief. Again, Jesus said, Come to me, you who labor and who are heavy laden. Who was it who labored and were heavy laden? It was those who were trying to obtain eternal life by their works, by the law, by the works of the law. But you can't enter if you don't believe. 
So those who fall short of this rest are those who do not believe. I know sometimes a lot of Christians are wondering, have I entered God's rest? Have I not? Well, do you believe in Jesus or don't you? Do you believe that he's the Messiah or don't you? It's really that simple. And so uh, the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 4, you know, it goes on to say quite a bit. I I would recommend reading that if you want to know about this rest that we have. God ceased from his works on the seventh day, and um, we get to cease from ours when we come into Christ. Again, it's simply by grace through faith. For he, chapter 4 of Hebrews uh, verse 10, for he who has entered his rest, God's rest, has himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his. There's no more laboring. There's no more being weary, trying to enter into God's rest, trying to do all of these things, because we have entered into God's rest by grace through faith. And that's something that we can put our stock in and uh, enjoy. This is a rest that we're going to enjoy for all eternity. And coming up next week, we'll talk uh, a little bit more about some of the good news words of Jesus. Jesus said that if anyone is in him, if anyone abides in him, he will bear fruit. He also said, I no longer call you servants, but friends. And a little bit more about uh, the lack of burden that we have in Christ. All of that coming up next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.